praise don't stop till the Holy Spirit stays faithful. Amen. Praise and worship is an intimate moment where we can tap into the heart of the Father and we can be closer to him as Robert was just so eloquently singing, drawing nearer to his precious bleeding side. I, I know it wasn't blood for me, amen. The old folks used to sing a song, I know it wasn't blood. I know it was the blood that saved me, amen. When I was lost and I was headed to nowhere or more seriously headed to death. God went to, Jesus went to the cross for me. He died for me. He bled for me. And three days later, he got up for me. So grateful for all that he's done and I'm grateful that my little old prayer can get the attention of our big old God. God who hung the stars and he set the sun and the moon and he poured out the ocean and he created the mountains and after he did all those magnificent things he still marvels at my worship. That still gets his attention. After all that great stuff that he did. And no matter how many mistakes I'm making, how many times I fall short, he still responds to me. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. What a awesome God we serve. I don't I would do him an injustice just to sit here and just to use my mere mortal words to define such a divine God. Amen. And so I'll stop at that. Amen. Can we give the praise team a round of applause. Amen. Now, we are here at Harvest Worship Center. Uh, we met with our elders over this week, and uh, Pastor LaShawn and I, and I have been talking. And we're trying to do a revival of those things that truly brought us to the faith, those things that resonate with us, those things that made an impact on us. We're not worried about filler and fluff and anything else, but... We want to get back to the basics, amen, and we want to get back to Jesus. There's so many churches out here, y'all, and there's so many doctrines out here, and we just want to get back to Jesus. Our people are hurting, our people are wounded, our people are sick, our people are broken. And it seems as though they go to service after service and they still retain that same state. And so we've been trying to come together and trying to see what we can do here at Harvest 
that's different because we think that you deserve different. You don't deserve the regular old routine stuff, amen. But we want to focus on what's in the house. Because if you have a house full of sick people, ain't nobody going to get well. And so we want to focus on healing. Is that all right? And with that being said, I want to look at Mark, the 11th chapter, the 12th verse, and we're going to read down to the 21st verse. Amen. Mark 11, 12 through 21. We'll read quite a bit. Amen. And I'm not going to be before you long. I just want to give you the word and let y'all be on your way. Ain't no messing around, amen? We want to get to the good stuff, amen? Again, we thank our praise team for those selections on today. Praying for Pastor LaShawn and her absence on today. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for our ushers and everyone who plays a part in making sure that the ministry is effective that the ministry is successful, that the ministry is pertinent and purposeful. Amen? Mark 11, the 12th to the 21st verse. And I'm reading from the King James Version. Amen? And so it reads, And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season. Someone said, not the season. Not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, it, it, is it not written, written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. Somebody say their eyes were open. Their ears were open. They were able to see the reality of the situation. Amen. Isn't that what we all want? Not to be fooled or deceived or anything else. Amen. But be able to see Jesus and to hear Jesus. Amen. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter remembering, saying to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. May the Lord bless the hearers and the doers of this most holy word. Amen. And for maybe 25 minutes or so, maybe a little longer, I want to talk to you all about a root problem. A root problem. Say, neighbor, you got a root problem? They ain't answer y'all, did 
They stuck up this morning, amen. They won't sit by y'all. Look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor. I think they got a root problem. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Pastor LaShawn and I, we, uh, some time ago, we were in Sam's, and we were in the produce section. And if anybody knows me, they know that I love fruit. I eat fruit pretty much every day, amen? Morgan, I see you smiling. But fruit are my favorite things to eat, amen? I don't, I don't like candy or anything like that. I love fruit. I love to eat fruit, amen? And so we went in Sam's, and we were approaching the, the fruit section, amen? And, and there were these two old ladies that were there before us, and they were sampling the grapes, amen? They were sampling quite a few grapes, amen? I thought they were going to go to Sam's jail, amen? They were... They were eating some grapes, amen, and as I was walking up, I saw them, and, and I asked one of the ladies, I said, are the grapes sweet? And she was like, they're okay, she said, but uh, you might want to taste for yourself. And so she had some grapes she was eating, and she tried to give me one out of her hand. And so I'm sitting there looking at her. Because she's adamant about giving me this grape out of her hand. And I don't eat out of anybody's hand, amen? I, I, I just don't do that type of stuff, amen? And I'm like, no, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to turn it down, trying to be nice. She's like, no, no, no. She was very insistent on me eating this grape out of her hand, amen? And so I got past LaShawn behind me. So you better eat that grape. <laughs> and so I take the grape. And... I, I, I do a little sleight of hand, I, mmm, and I play like I ate it, amen? But what I'm trying to say is that we have to be careful because we can't accept anything from anybody. Because we don't know who hands are clean. We don't know who washed their hands, amen? And so for us as believers, for us as Christians, we can't eat from every hand that tries to feed us. Everybody's hands aren't clean. Everybody don't wash their hands, amen? And so we must be careful because that's how you get poisoned. And so you have to watch people, amen? You have to watch what they're trying to feed you, amen? Because like I said before, that's how you get poisoned. That's how you get sick, amen? And if we be honest, I think that that's the root cause for some of us right now. The reason why we are poisoning to relationships is because of how somebody handled us in a previous relationship, amen? Our mindsets and things of that nature, we've been poisoned by how we've been handled in the past, amen? And so we need to be careful about who we take stuff from, amen, as Children, we're, not, we're told not to go over everybody's house and eat. And as Pastor LaShawn and I, being the spiritual fathers and the mothers of this house, we know that sometimes you go off to different places as well, amen? And I know that you got ministers on your job, and you come into contact with pastors and, and prophets and all that type of stuff, but be careful what you eat. Watch what you eat, Amen. Because for some of us, we can trace our brokenness to the hands of someone in our life. How they handled or better yet mishandled us, amen? Yeah. 
And since we're being totally honest and we're shining light on how other people have did, can we just be honest and say that sometimes the reason why I'm not producing fruit in my life is because of my own hand? I had a, my own hand in this. I was the reason why, amen? I didn't handle me right. I didn't make the right decisions. I didn't make the right choices, amen? Just because it was offered doesn't mean I had to accept it, amen? Sometimes we accept those things that we should reject, and we reject those things that we should accept, That's amen? Right. That's right. It can be said that the reason why we are not getting any better also and why we're losing fruit and we're leading fruitless lives, and it's rooted in the fact of how people have handled the word of God. And it was shown to me that the root cause why some of us have a problem with producing spiritual fruit in parts of our lives is because of where our faith or our belief is rooted. God said, although your situation, I need you to hear this, although your situation has changed, your posture hasn't. I need to read that again because I don't think that fully got into your mind. Although your situation has changed, your posture hasn't. And so what I mean by that, and here at Harvest Worship Center, we believe that in all you're getting, you ought to get understanding, amen? And so we have heard this term posture so many times, amen, and for a lot of us, we believe that it's your physical posture that you exhibit, amen? But by definition, posture is a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or an attitude. So that means that just because you've been rescued out of something, your mind hasn't changed. Just because you've been delivered out of something, you still approach that thing the same way. I ain't getting no amens from that. So the reason why love is not produced in certain areas of your life is because your life is still rooted in unforgiveness. You can't love yourself because you hate the things about yourself and you can't forgive yourself about some things that have happened in your life. And so the fruit of love is not exhibited in your life. Amen. The reason why you can't have joy and joy is not produced in your life. Even when you hear things like any uh, 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 no weapon formed against you shall prosper because we're still rooted in that thing that hurt us in the past. It has no effect on us because we're still hurting from 10 years ago. And although, although we're declaring this thing, we're still hurting from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. See, the problem is nowadays, people want to focus on fruits of the, I mean, gifts of the spirit. And not exactly the fruit of the spirit. They don't want to love and, 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 and forbearance and all these type of things. They want to prophesy and they want to do miracles and they want to do all these things, but they can't love nobody. They want the gift of speaking in tongues, amen, and yet we can't talk to our brother and our sister, amen. And so our mind, our focus is rooted in the wrong things, amen. We need to get back to the simple things, the basic thing, the principles that Jesus taught us, amen, because fruit comes from by salvation. Salvation doesn't come by fruit. What I mean by that is that first you have to be saved to get fruit. You can't get fruit to be saved, amen? 
And for some of us, we're working under our own power. And the reason why we're not fruitful is because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. And we're still doing things under our own power. You know the difference between the Pharisees and the disciples and Jesus and the Christians? The Pharisees knew what was right. They did what was right. They wanted to be seen holy. They wanted to be holy. And so we need to get back to that, amen. We need to get back to the principles of what our faith was based, amen. And the reason and the only way we can do that is that we have to be rooted, amen. We have to be rooted. Somebody said we have to be rooted. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its, ro- its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. It produces fruit because it's rooted. It's rooted to the source, amen? A never-ending source, which is God, amen? And so when you're doing that, you can produce real praise. You produce real worship. There's a real change that's produced in your life, and there's real healing that's produced in your life. There's a real transformation in your life, and there's real salvation in your life, amen? The word produce means that you are to give being, form, or shape to, to cause, to have existence, or to happen, or to bring about. And so I'm saying that because fake joy can't sustain you when real life happens. Fake happiness can't stand up to real disappointment. Fake peace can't endure through real hell hitting your life. You need to be rooted, amen? I know that you're going through some real situations and some real hard things in your life, amen, but I just came by to tell you that I see you. I see all that, I see although you want to give up, you keep showing up, amen. I, I want to tell you that although it seems like life is getting the best of you, the best is yet to come. I want you to know that it seems like you're at the end of your rope, but you're not at the end of hope, amen. I see that you're discouraged by what you're going through, but let me encourage you of what's to come. I know you feel as though you are helpless, but help is on the way. I come to encourage you on this morning, amen. We have to be rooted, y'all. In Ephesians 3 and 17, Paul desires for the saints of the feast in Ephesus that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, amen. So I need you to understand this, and some of y'all might need to write this down there. If there is no love, then the Spirit of God is not there. And if the Spirit of God is not present, then there is no understanding. So our understanding is this, that there is a difference between reading the Word of God and the Word of God giving you revelation. Reading the Word of God may help you, but revelation from God's Word will produce change in you. So if you just want to get help, you can read the word of God and it might help you. But if you truly want change in your life, if you truly want to see the fruits of the spirit to manifest in your life, you have to have revelation from God's word. Now, revelation from God's word only comes from a relationship with God's word. Amen. Now, when you love the word of God, it reveals its mysteries to you. The word of God can be. We can kind of say it's stuck up. 
if we're going to personify it and, and, and make it a person, we can say it's stuck up. And I say that because the word of God don't speak to everybody. It don't speak to everybody. It only speaks to people that spends time with it. It only speaks to people who love it. Amen. And so you might read the word of God and it might not speak to you. But are you rooted and grounded in the word of God? Who do, and, and, and you look at it and, and we say we're going to look at it as a person. And you see people and, and walking and who do the Bible think it is? Don't talk to nobody, amen? Think it's better than everybody? No, don't think that it's better than everybody, but it believes it can make everybody better. So you need to develop a love for the word of God, amen? Y'all quiet this morning. And since we are to walk in love and we are to be rooted in love, amen, we are to be Christ-like. And to be Christ-like, we have to be rooted in Christ, amen? Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says that as you, you have, as ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Yeah, we are, we are attached to so much that we aren't even connected to God anymore. We're attached to so, we are attached to so many things that are pulling us away from God yeah. that we can't draw near to him. Yeah. We're too focused on the things of this world, amen? Yeah. Instead of worrying about his goodness, we're worrying about his goods. And we can't get a relationship with him, and that's the problem nowadays. The fact of the matter is churches aren't teaching, teaching how to have a relationship with Christ. Or they're teaching the wrong relationship with Christ. Amen? And so when we talk about being rooted in Christ, and as we look at our text, one of the most amazing things about Jesus was that while teachers of that time, they had a place where they would go and the students would come. Amen? Jesus was different. You had to go and find Jesus. You had to follow Jesus. Amen? He had field trips. Amen? And, and Jesus was the first T.D. Jakes, amen. You know how T.D. Jakes, T.D. Jakes is the type of person who could see anything and make revelation out of it. And so Jesus was that same type of man. He was the first one to do that, amen. He can walk and he could look at stuff. And you know how, how preachers do, amen. A preacher can make a word out of anything, anything, amen. And I can see the disciples now as Jesus is hungry and he's walking up to this fig tree and he's looking at this fig tree and he's hungry. And he's going up to it, and he curses this fig tree. And they say that the disciples heard him. And I could just imagine Peter being like, that's a word, Doc. <laughs> That'll preach, Doc, amen. And so Jesus, he sees this fig tree, amen. And, and in the Bible, fig trees were representative of Israel, of their state, amen, their spiritual state, amen. It was a barometer of their spiritual state. And Jesus sees this fig tree, amen, and from afar it looks like it has fruit on it. It has the leaves, it has all the, ma the markings of a tree that has fruit, amen. Some, some, something like some of us. Not in this church, but, you know, some other places, amen. They look the part, amen. They could dance, they could shout, they could sing, amen. They even pay their tithes, amen. But the spirit is just not in them, Amen. And so as you get close to them, you'll begin to see that. As you get close to them, you'll, you'll see how they really talk. When you get close to them, you'll see how they really act. 
When you get close to them, you see how they really are when they ain't in church. Amen? And so we see this fig tree, and this fig tree has no fruit. And people think about, okay, well, it was out of season. But no, what he was looking for was first fruits. What he was looking for was just a sign that this tree was fruitful. And for some of us, Jesus is not looking for the perfect person. He's not looking for you to come up to heaven right now. But he's looking for something in you. He's looking for something that he can use. Amen? Some of us have been in the faith for so long, and we have not yet produced any fruit. But Jesus is looking for something that he can use. Amen? And so he sees this tree, and there's nothing on the tree. And so he goes to the temple. Amen? And he sees what's going on in the temple. Amen? And they're cheating people in the temple. Amen? They got the money exchange, and they got the people who are selling uh, uh, sacrifices, amen, and the money exchanges were cheating the people, amen, because people were coming from all over, and they had money from all over, and all the money had to be one uniform money, and so they knew that since everybody was around, that there was more people around, that they can cheat the people, amen, those who were selling things, amen, they knew that they can not sell those things that were, that were spotless and didn't have a blemish, amen, and so their mind was consumed about making money, as were the priests. And so the house to pray began a house that prayed on the people. And so Jesus sees this thing, and he goes in there, and he starts turning over tables. And I'm here to tell you that you can't invite Jesus in your life and not expect some things to get turned over in your life. You can't, come, you can't invite Jesus into your life and expect him not to throw some stuff around in your life. Amen. Not to cause a commotion in your life, amen? We are the temple of God. And when we invite Jesus in our temple, guess what he going to do? Everything that is not like him, he going to turn over. And so this is, a, phys this is a, a physical representation of a spiritual thing that Jesus is doing in the life of every believer. Every believer. And I say that term loosely because we use that term to describe people as believers, but we need to understand that everybody's a believer. It's just where their belief is rooted in. And so everybody who comes to church is not a believer of Christ. Everybody who comes to church is not a believer of what you believe in, amen? And so we need to be watchful where we're planted by, amen? 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 Amen. Amen. Is y'all lying out there? What did I just say? What did I just say there? We're going to have a test on this after this now. Now, Jesus was using this fig tree as a representation of Israel and also of the church. The church had become be, be ineffective in the lives of the people, and because it was ineffective, the teachings were ineffective, the lives of the people were unaffected. There was no change going on in the lives of the people. Amen? And so since there was no change in the lives of the people, there was no impact in the community. So what was happening was, instead of the church having an influence on the world, the world was having an influence on the church. 
And so we have that even on today, y'all. We have people who are more interested in what's going on outside, bringing it inside, than what's going on inside, taking it outside. And because of that, people are not getting changed. And it starts at the leadership, amen? Pastor LaShawn and I were having a conversation about a prophet, uh, prophet to prophetess, amen? And this prophetess, prophet, I'm not going to say either one, but they charged $10,000 for an engagement. And this church was trying to get them to come, and, and, and they were wanting to charge this church $10,000 to come. And so the first thing I have to say is that if you are a prophet, it's not an engagement, it's an assignment. And how do you put a price on something that ain't even yours? God gave you a word to take to the people. And you charging $10,000 for these people to hear God's word to them. I don't ever remember in the Bible Jonah charging the people of Nineveh an honorary. Now, he didn't want to go, <laughs> but he didn't charge people for money, and that's what the church has gotten to. We have people who need to hear a word from God, and you're saying you're man's woman, and you're God's man, and you're God's woman, and God speaks to you. So why are you charging people to receive something that's going to make their life better? Why are you charging people for something that's going to change their life or make their lives better? And so I need to tell y'all that the money changers are still in the temple. Ain't nothing changed. I often wonder that if Jesus wasn't coming back to be a judge this time, and if he was to do what he did when he came during those times, and it was this time, how would he look at the church? How would he look at the people inside of the church? Will we be the same as the people in the biblical days? Have we even changed from the people in the biblical, biblical days? Have we even learned from the people in the biblical days? It's much worse for us, y'all, because we got the word. We got every make mistake that they ever made. And the church is still repeating that thing. And so the church is not being fruitful. And we're not producing fruitful people. And so here at Forest Worship Center, our goal is to make sure that you are blessed, that you are fruitful, that you're able to be used by God, that you're able to go out and impact the world. Not only the world, but those people around you. Because if you can't impact those people around you, how do you expect you're going to impact the world? Those people know you. People should know everything about Jesus by looking at your life. Everything they need to know about Jesus should be in the way you talk and the way that you walk, the way that you move and the way that you act. What type of fruit are you producing? What type of fruit, fruit are we producing? Harvest Worship, and it's funny that our name is Harvest Worship, but we want to be able to produce individuals that have fruit in their life, that are rooted in the word of God, who's rooted in love, who are rooted in Christ, amen? And so, I told you, I ain't going to be for you long because I, I, ain't, I ain't got a lot to say. Because I want you to marinate on the word. I want you to meditate on the word. And for us, the way that we become fruitful, the first thing is 
we have to, and it, if we're going to use the analogy of a fig tree. The first thing is that the plant has to be in the sun. And we have to be in the sun. And the only way we grow as Christians is acknowledging that in him we live, move, and we have our being. The second thing is called uproot. Somebody say uproot. The Bible tells us that if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. He will get us away from things. We need to get away from things of people who stun our growth, who stop us from growing. Amen? Sometimes being set apart means that you have to grow apart. And growing is not a bad thing. Amen? God has to take something out of you to make something of you. And so he has to take that anger out you. He got to take that wrath out you. He got to take that gossiping out of you. If he's going to make you be fruitful, he has to take these things out of you. Amen? Last thing is pruning. Somebody say pruning. To be fruitful, sometimes you have to be pruning. In John 15, 1 and 2, Jesus said, I'm the, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that continues to bear fruit, he prunes so that it will bear more fruit. There is nothing or anyone, no one that should be that should occupy a place, uh, occupy a place in your life that does not allow you to grow. That does not stimulate growth in you. That does not sustain growth in you. That does not support growth in you. If there is someone in your life who is stifling your growth, you need to remove yourself from the equation. Someone who will not let you be your best you, you need to subtract them from your life. Anyone who is not invested in you, uh, invested in you being better, need to be taken away from your life. Young people, old people, all of us. It's about growth. It's about maturity. It's about showing that we can have fruit in our life. Amen? So, being the son. Being uprooted, being pruned. Three very simple things that we can do to force growth in our life, amen? You might not like it, you might not love it, it might not feel good, but it's for your good. If we are to be fruitful, if we are to make sure that this church is not the, a carbon copy of the one that we're reading about, the people in the church have to be fruitful. They have to bear fruit so that the people who come in can do the same thing. Amen. On Wednesday night, we, some of us who came for Bible study, amen, we talked about the one, amen. It was about the one who is grateful because we talked about the 10 lepers. And out of 10 lepers that Jesus healed, one came back. One came back. And the one that came back was a Samaritan who was an enemy to the people of God. And so he was the one that you least expected to come back. But he came back. Those who were blessed, those who took it for granted, didn't come back. The Samaritan produced fruit. The Samaritan was a marginalized person. And God is looking for those people now. And those are the ones that he's going to use to pull people in. Those who are willing, amen, those who are able. Those who are being transparent and will witness for God, who will tell his story and tell their story. Amen. We have to get back to the gospel, y'all. The thing that saved us. We have to get back to the gospel. 
We're consumed by too many things. We're consumed by race. We're consumed by class. We're consumed about so many things where the one thing that should be bringing us together and unifying us is Christ. But we allow everything and everyone to keep us apart, and the enemy is loving it. The enemy is having a field day because he ain't even got to do nothing. We fighting each other. We're not glorifying God. We are to produce fruit, y'all. That is our assignment from this point forward. That is our marching order from this point forward. If anything that you're watching does not help you to produce fruit, shut it off. If anything that you're listening to does not help you to produce fruit, cut it off. If anyone in your life does not help you with being fruitful, cut them off. It's life or death, y'all. Amen?